Hello and welcome everyone to Round 10, Episode 2 of the Bootleggers Buzzcast podcast. This is Coasty, your host and editor, and we have a jam-packed show for you today. As normal, we have our three segments, first by Himmel and Jamesy, discussing the past of bootleggers, where they go into more detail about some notable players and bootleggers history. In the second segment, we tackle the present, where Vanyo has an opportunity to speak with Flames and Boggy about the current WAC feature and why it was changed so drastically. And finally, Kelly Boy looking towards the future as he sits down with Strikeback, Cybee, and our newest help desk operator, Cliffy. Without further ado, I give you Himmel and Jamesy. Hello, welcome to the Bootleggers Buzzcast. My name is Himmel, your host. I'm joined by Jamesy, the co-host. Hello. As well as our two guests, she said she was 18. Hello. And Von Dasht. A pleasure. How's it going? Not too bad. Excited to get this cast underway. All right. Let's do this. I'm just going to preface this cast by saying I have all three bodyguards right now, so anybody trying to continue the uh, shooting me every episode is going to have a real hard time. You spoil the sport. Yeah, I, I had to. I just turned the third one on like 20 minutes ago. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> Probably pointless by now. Yeah. As I think it's it's incredibly underwhelming the shooting so far. Yes. Not expected like uh, something bigger to be honest. Yeah. I know even without I think I had the first two bodyguards and I think it was ninety six thousand to kill me at like assassin or something. Yeah. Yeah. So James is typing furiously. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely not canceling my searches. <laughs> Well, well, today's topic is notable players in BL's history. So I guess we'll ask, she said she was 18 first. Name, sure, tell me. name a player from your career in BL that you think is noteworthy. Noteworthy? Noteworthy, uh, someone you would remember. Like, is he still playing or? It can be either. I don't know, probably this will be like hard to say, but... I would go with Rustas actually. Rustas, okay. Yeah, uh, I guess so. When he was a mod, or prior to that? No, 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 no. When he was a like a player, normal player. Okay. How did you know him? I don't know. Just like just feeling about it, but I think he's not around anymore. Uh, I've not heard from him in years. No. So <laughs> he pretty much mostly stepped up in a mod. He kind of disappeared, didn't he? Really. Mm-hmm. Ah. So other than yeah, being like the friendliest moderator ever <laughs> what was your reason for naming him uh, actually it's kind of personal uh we used to be or we still good buddies but we lost in touch by i don't know two years ago so it's like based on personal stuff okay yeah he was definitely a name i remember for the last 10 years at least yeah for people that maybe aren't familiar with the name would you like to give them a, a recap of who he was and why he was noteworthy for you not to put you on the spot should i i don't know should i answer that I prefer not to, for, for like, because of the, the type of our relation, so I prefer not to. Fair enough, but I mean, in terms of what kind of player he was, he was, because I, I really don't have a memory of him before he was a moderator. I don't, he was just a name I remember seeing on users online. I think I maybe spoke to him three times. So what were perhaps his achievements within the game? Maybe that sort of thing. He was like doing a big role, probably him will remember that in, uh, in the Invisibles. But I think he was in the Invisibles for like a short, short time. It was not big time, but he was into the crew. I mean, doing everything he should do, even if 
if he had to take some time of his personal time, his family time. I think he was like all in player. Yeah, he's he's definitely sticks out as probably the friendliest player I've ever met too. Van Dasht. Yeah, so this is this is kind of tricky for me because I've never played for a while, a long time. So to actually like develop relationship or friendship or basically know like who's who in the hierarchy of bootleggers play in the time with that player, it would be Mika for some reason. I have no idea. I've just read a lot about him or her. What's it called? The, uh, the bus cast, I believe. I used to scroll back to like a few years back or like the early days of the bus cast to read on like the times at bootlegger. Just read of how controversial I could <laughs> say about Mika. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he was so, he was a good player. He was a, also a moderator, I believe, later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was head, head moderator. Yeah, and I think right. later administrator, actually, can think of it. He was an administrator? I think so. I'm sure I remember his name being read. You'd think I'd be able to remember because he was my boss. But yeah, you would I'm, fairly certain. <laughs> I'm fairly certain he was an administrator. Um, and yeah, I can't... I Definitely a, a name from the community that would stick out because he was buzz writer and editor for ages. And then he was HDO and mod and then... Uh, I don't think he was ever head mod. I think he went straight to administrator. But he, for a little while, he was hugely influential on the game. For sure. So I definitely second that as a as an option. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jamesy. Yes, good one. I don't really have don't really have an answer to that. I mean, if, was if, if we were talking about just players, I'd probably have to go to you know like the big crew bosses, the likes of Betty B. And but if we talk about stuff, probably the one that was most influential on me for some reason was Jay Morden, who I think was back recently, wasn't he? I saw him in the game for just uh, universally loved and well liked. So I'd probably have to go to, but I don't know much about his play style. Again, I can't remember anything because I'm useless. So I don't remember him being staff even. Oh, those he was the people's mod. Must have been during that time period where I was gone. It was it was a a long time ago. All right. Well, I guess I will. I'm going to name two. I'm going to go the other direction. I'm not going to name ones that are universally loved. My first one for notable players. I'm going to say Ben. Ah. Ben, ben, Benjamin, you mean, right? Benjamin, yep. Mm-hmm. Benjamin, yeah. Uh, Choice. Yeah, I mean, it's not for good reasons, but he's one of the two best scammers of all time, I think. <laughs> the other one being you. Yeah, thanks. Oh, uh, um, just check your boom out, by the way, uh, Himmel. I don't want to. Yeah, you do. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, what's happened? You have been banned. <laughs> da, da, da. Oh, my God. So you couldn't, you couldn't kill me, so you had to go to the next best thing, huh? <laughs> wow. Oh, Banner riot. Category ban on site. Additional information. Dave sends his regards. <laughs> Length permanent. Oh, my God. Okay. Is this a live ban? Uh, we've, had li- we've had live kills. This yeah. is the first live ban. This is the live, first live oh, this ban. This is the first, yeah. Oh, my God. I just won, like, yeah, a couple hundred million yesterday in Kino, and yeah, now I'm looking at the ban page. Cool. <laughs> and James is fiercely typing again, so... No, you can't hear me do that. That's uh, not true. Uh-huh. Please type your appeal message below. The person who banned you will then reply to it. Please be aware that all Elite Guard members will be able to view and reply to your appeal. You have three days from the time of your banning to appeal your ban. You may not create another account while you have a pending appeal. If you do, your appeal appeal may become void. Screw James. Submit. <laughs> so, out, yeah, you know. Shout out to Riot really, for that one. Yeah, shout out. It really does have to be connected. Because, uh, man, I, I literally just came to me as well. I'm so clever. 
did you actually have me search? Like, what is the three bodyguard caddy protection boss oh, cost? No, I wasn't, I wasn't really searching you. Somebody probably was. was. Like, Please give me a BM with, well, not a BM. Send me a message somewhere else since I'm banned with how many no, bullets I, I would have actually taken. Well, I didn't personally, yeah. Yeah, Riot banned me. Must be good to have that kind of power. <laughs> oh, no. So good. Totally, yeah. The joys of former staff being in your crew, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And, but, uh, you're unbanned, by the way. But um, <laughs> report as well, it still says Elite Guard on the appeal page. That's good to know. Yep. I need to check that to say star. That's true. There you go, then. All right. That's, We're uh, send in a help desk suggestion. Yep. You just have a thing for derailing my thought processes during this interview. I don't know if you know this. I, I don't think my profile makes it very clear, but I'm an agent of chaos. Yeah. I, just, so, you know. I got that. You, you were saying. Yes, Ben. Good choice. Ben, yeah. Because the uh, divisive, but definitely effective at what he attempts to do, mm-hmm. and that is scam and annoy people. Right. So he's not necessarily enforced for good, but he's definitely, you know, if you asked any ra- any random person who's been here long enough who Ben is, they'll be able to tell you, and they'll probably have a story of how they scammed him as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Or how he scammed them, rather. Actually, this is what's actually very crazy. Like, he's left a long-lasting legacy for himself. Yeah. In the game, with, without the intention of doing so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Video that people kept posting. I remember, like, I I hopped back on the game by, uh, last October 2019, and that was like one of the very first videos that I saw. And even when you go to YouTube, you search like bootleg, there's only so many videos that come up, and mm. he's always on top. Yeah. Regardless. I I was saying I, I remember his uh, video on YouTube when he was like. I don't know, seven, six, eight, nine years old. Yeah, I can't I can't forget that video. Exactly. I, I would be willing to bet that if you had every bootleggers player write down the people they remember most, I would say he would win that competition. He would get the most people that named him. Possibly, yeah. On average, probably. Yeah, that video is but he's left a, a lasting mark on the game as well, in the same way that people remember that Avril is best or that, you know, the backup is coming. Mm. If someone sees one that they don't know, the first thing they will say is, are you Ben? Yeah. As if he's the only person in the UK, uh, I think he's a British or... Yeah, he's um, British. Yeah. Yep. He, is, uh, yeah. he was actually going to be on the Buzzcast with us last week, but then we moved, the, or two weeks ago, then we moved the date. And he wasn't online. Oh, he's actually playing? He is. He was. <laughs> he's already impersonated Idol Bunny from The Order from back in the day, like right at the oh, beginning. Right. And then he was, I forget the name, it was Rancid or Rapid or something like that was his. Yeah, I can't remember now, but I have talked to him once this round already and he's still here. Oh, well, that's good. So, uh, yeah. I wonder what he thinks about the whole legacy thing. Yeah, and I, I did talk to him briefly about his legacy when we were talking about Notable Crews in the last episode. And even he admits, like, he tried to suggest Swagass as one of the Notable Crews, which was his yeah. crew that yeah. ended up scamming. And when I said I'm not interested in that, he's, he had straight up admitted, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't be either. He was inside the crew? He wasn't the crew? He was the crew boss. He got, he got 30 people to join him. Uh, yes. Cold phone. Yeah. Cold He ended up walking away with I don't know a few thousand gold that thirty people donated to him. Uh let's see. My last second uh, suggestion for notable people is also 
one of the negative ones would be Spine, EJ. Mm, yeah. This was an older one because I think he's been banned on site for a while now, a few years maybe. But is he still? I I, is, he, is he still on site? That's a good question. Oh, yeah. Let's look. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he is. Yeah. The way he played the game was never above board. It was always getting him in trouble. But he's also somebody that, if you played at the time, you knew who he was. Yeah, even if by reputation more than anything else. Right. Was he responsible for the, there was a, a profile hack that went around for a while that would send all your money? Is that him? He did not he write it, but up. I bet you he used it. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I associate that with him for some reason. Yeah. Of, you know, all various profile hacks and that sort of thing. Most of those things that he used were actually written by Blue Phoenix. Oh, okay. Who wrote the bot that did all the actions for you back in the day when he was active, I guess I would say. Let's see, more notable players. Anybody? Uh, yeah, I think he was like active last round. Uh, his Duke is he's banned on site now. Oh, this yeah. dude, uh, I heard, I, I never played with him actually. We never communicated, but I heard many stories about him that he was really active in some strange ways. Strange ways, I mean like, um, always online has like 20, 25 youth, I guess. Yes, I've heard the same. Yeah, I had a picture of his setup. Actually, he had like 15 cell phones to 15 mobiles. Oh, he went that far? Yeah, 15 different accounts. That's wow. a Chinese clipping phone. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I think he's, he's Asian. He's Chinese, I guess, right? Uh, he's smart, to be honest, but he took the, the, the bad way, I guess. Yep. The dark side. The dark side, yeah. The upside down side. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's pretty much anybody that's done a lot through bad means. They're, they're usually pretty smart. Mm. They're doing... Not good things, but to be able to do them and successfully takes yeah, some level way. of skill. We're all about the loopholes, you know? They thrive on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an adrenaline rush. Absolutely. Like how, how far or how long can they last without getting caught? Yep. And they, they manage to do it. Actually, all the names that crosses my mind is like really old school players that are not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, one of them is here. Uh, is, is still playing uh, rock. Anyone knows him? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he's really, uh, he's playing since, I don't know, day one, probably. Yeah, he was. Oh, we can't talk about day uh, one, that's the open. Okay, day two then. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really bad joke, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, no, that's cool. He was what originally, Revelation or The Order or something like that? I think Screw was uh, strictly business, I guess. Yeah, that was was a more recent one. He was there way before that. Yeah. I can't remember what the crew was at the moment, but I talk to him every now and then still. He's been around since probably as long as I have. Yeah, uh, we talk on Facebook. He's a nice guy. Yes. James mentioned Betty B. We never had the greatest relationship, I guess I would say, but um, (laughs) she definitely, Event Horizon dominated for a long time. How much of that was her, I I don't know, but they were at the top of the stats for years and years, so she's definitely one of those notable players that anybody that's been around a while is going to remember. Mm, she, uh, I, I think I have a good story about Betty B. Perfect. Uh, when she was the, when she was leading uh, EH, member uh, DMC, I don't remember the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think DMC was like uh, head console, and then they like had misunderstanding between between them and dmc lifts the edge and made his own crew i can't remember the name of the crew actually he took like three or four good members in the edge with him from that time betty b's uh, 
she was like worried from everyone. I was a good friend of her. After what DNC did with her, I was a good friend with DNC also. She thought I'm playing his side. And she wiped, I was in a crew that day. She wiped the crew for us because she thought um, with DMC. Actually, I was in my own crew. But since that day, I don't know, she hates me or we're not a good, we have bad relationship, actually. <laughs> it's not even close to good. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think she's talked to me. And I mean, even when she was playing actively, I don't think she talked to me for six years. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to Tynos or whoever else in the edge if I needed something. Yeah, she took the game so serious. Yes, definitely. I don't think she's still around, is she? No, she's not. No, no. I guess there's two on the positive side that I would mention current crews. One would be Abu Raghab, Sacred Empire. Yeah, Abu. And my language is Abu Raghab. <laughs> That's, I yeah. butchered that, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't say Abu Raghab. We understand that. Yeah. Come on. I mean, they're... You try. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got, I got Taya. That one's relatively easy. Uh, yeah, I, feel still, I, I still feel like you're not saying it correctly, but again, at least you tried. That would be it in German. I mean, I got German down. <laughs> uh, they are currently head of the leaderboard right now with almost $3.1 billion in revenue. They're smashing it, to be honest. Yeah, and they've been doing that for eight years, nine years. I mean, they've been a long, around a long time. And let's see, the other one that I would probably name, actually there's still two. Uh, Dead Rabbits and Coasty would be my other two. And Coasty, he was gone for a while or not really in the spotlight for a while. 23rd Gunslinger is the closest thing I've seen to the regulators since the regulators. And I don't know, it's just a blast from the past for me, I guess, every time. Dead Rabbits, Death Valley, they've they've been around so long and nothing has ever actually kept them down for the long term, which, yeah, I find impressive, I guess. Uh, I'm thinking, actually, I'm remembering names. <laughs> The only thing is, I'll I'll be lying in bed tonight, and I think, oh yeah, this person. Yeah. And it'll, it'll just too late. Uh, like remembering equations from the exam you just left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the problem with how memory works as well is you don't you don't know you've forgotten something until you remember it. Yeah. So there'll be loads of names that that you know, loads of people that are really influential in in how we play the game and or how the game is played, and we're just completely forgetting who they are because we can't remember. Yeah, well, it's been 15, 16 years. I mean. That's a long time to remember back. And a lot of players, too. A lot of players, absolutely. And there's a lot of new players actually doing great job, great work. Oh, uh, definitely. Still, yeah, yeah, I know. We still know about them. Yeah, new players, new crews. The game changes constantly, which is awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, maybe the, maybe the way to leave it is to throw it over to the listeners and, you know, in whatever forum post gets made for this, suggest who is a noteworthy player for you, good or bad, and what reasons you have for thinking of them as being noteworthy or infamous or famous. And, uh, and maybe these names will be ones we've forgotten about and it'll trigger our memories and we'll all share a trip down memory lane together. Perfect. I like that. We're going to end this here then. Thank you for listening. See you, what, the first? First of December. First of December. Uh, almost on. Christmas. Hmm? Al- almost Christmas. Can you hear the show? Oh, almost, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, almost Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for hosting us, guys. All right. Been a pleasure. Uh, Himmel and Jamesy signing out. Thank you to She Said She Was 18. The pleasure is all mine. And Van Thank Dash. you so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And that'll wrap up our segment on the past. Another easygoing, laid-back, and informative discussion with Himmel and Jamesy. I'd like to just take a moment and acknowledge to everyone 
that obviously we wouldn't have an opportunity to get to every single notable player in the past. If there's someone that you feel should have been mentioned and has been left out, we highly encourage you to head on to the forums and let us know about it. Maybe it'll spark a discussion and we'll have an opportunity to mention them in the next podcast. With that aside, I'm very excited to present the next segment where Vio and Boggy had an opportunity to try to corner flames and figure out why Kyle whacked the whack feature and what exactly the disconnect is between the player base and the staff when it comes to this feature. So without further ado, I give you Vio. Welcome to the Buzzcast. I'm Vio, and with me today I have Boggy, who's co-boss of the company, and Flames, who's head moderator. Topic for this episode, I've named it Why Kyle Whacked Whack. Okay. And the background for it, are you worried now? <laughs> no, it just, I like it. It's a good name. I've been thinking about and discussing with other players what is what the purpose is of bootleggers and if it has changed in the last year. If I would explain what bootleggers is to a friend who never played it before, I think in the past I would have always led with it revolving around killing other people or whacking other people. But lately, I'm not so sure anymore. Like, is the main purpose of the game gaining resources or maybe is it chasing revenue? My first question to you guys is, what do you think the meta of bootleggers is? Or what do you think the end goal of the game is? And do you think it's the same for the players as it is for stuff? So, like, the purpose of BL is it is a game of domination. It's, it's not a slow-playing thing. It doesn't have, like, instant gratification. The idea is that you would slowly over a number of weeks and months or as we now as we now like categorize things in periods, the idea is to dominate your opponent. So that's like structured now with crew revenue periods. But really, that's not the only way. That's obviously just one play style. So the idea Mm -hmm. is it should be able to appeal to more than one play style. So we've seen it in the past with people's like um, devil's advocates and people like that who go on sort of like underground shooting sprees. You know, you can like make your opponents a little bit scared of you in some respects. So I feel like, I mean, BL is quite feature rich. There's a lot of like different elements of the game. Mm. Um, So I feel like you use the term meta. uh, There there is, there there are a couple of metas, but really it depends on your play style. So I think one of the reasons that BL can be quite appealing is that there are a number of different ways to play. You know, there's social elements with the forums and things, and you can make great friends here. There's the sort of like crew structure, which is more about like scoring essentially points. But then there's also the uh, there's the gambling element. But then there is also the sort of, you know, you can like work together as a team to like take out opponents. So I think there's a number of different play styles Um, Mm. right now. They're all quite balanced. But although there's a lot of features, it's not really tailored to a specific play style. You sort of have to find your own way. So right now, I think that the probably the the best group of changes that we could probably make is putting something in place so that it more formally allows you to play with the play style that you prefer. I'll come back and talk about meta otherwise, but that's probably the purpose. Ultimately, BL is about dominating your opponents, using a number of different features, and the features that you pick are probably the ones that you like most. That makes sense. What do you think, Boggy? 
I'm probably going to disagree with everything that Flames has just said, apart from <laughs> one thing, and it's possibly the only reason that I still play, and that is the social side of stuff. I probably wouldn't still be playing the game if I'd never have joined TC, uh, because I have made friends, and I think that is possibly one of the best things that BL should advertise, is the way you're able to make new friends that probably you would never have met before, which I still think is a fantastic thing for the game. However, I look at the game now, and I compare it to pre-leaderboard, and the game feels stale, despite all of good features that have been implemented, I think, the crime. I think the the energy for crime is good. I think some of the changes that have been made, such for example, the Halloween event recently, I think went down well. But you've got to ask yourself, Carl provides a product to us to play on. And I appreciate Carl puts a lot of time in and probably does listen to a lot of the feedback. And that's something that I've had to change my mindset as a player is, is that you probably get 500 pieces of feedback on a weekly basis from people, whether that be in forum, suggestion box, help desk, whatever it may be. I don't remember anyone ever asking for a leaderboard. And players have time and time again turned around and said, the game should not be based on a revenue. And it's getting said now on the forums, people are asking for casino revenue to be removed. And people are commenting on it to say, revenue should not be the main basis of the game. No, Nobody asks for that. And I, you know, I understand Kyle trying something different. People don't shoot anymore because there is absolutely no point in shooting. If you look at WAC that got opened on Friday, right? I guarantee mm-hmm. you 99% of the game thought that the in-game money would drop. There would be mass shootings. There was nothing. It, let, let's be honest, it was a drop in the ocean compared to what people were expecting. I think there's 40-odd million bullets in the game. And the reason people don't want to shoot is, is because the only thing that they can actually do within game now is do the revenue game. And that's it. And it's boring. And it doesn't matter who's one, two, three, four, five. They are never going to shoot each other to get there because they shoot once and within a week's time, they're going to be shot back and they've lost a chance of getting the revenue. Whereas what they can do is, is just sit there and continually bootleg or sell cars or whatever it may be. That That's not bootleggers for me. Bootleggers is about crews warring with each other to get that reputation. There is too many things wrong within the game for me that we're just trying to keep bringing new stuff out to make maybe bring people's attention away from it. So you've got to look at the bodyguards now that have been introduced with the reduced price. And I said it straight away, the third bodyguard reduces percentage of chance on its own by 30%. I only have to log on and click rackets, do two OCs, and I can sit there for 365 days of the year with a 47% chance of death. And you're asking yourself why people aren't shooting each other. The balance is not there. So I know you've said, Flames, that you think the different play styles are balanced. They're absolutely not. That's the meta of bootleggers, is sit there and play passive, and if you're lucky to win a round by hoarding all your all your all your sort of items for six six periods and then win the seventh period. The overall impression that I've gotten from the community is that revenue is uh, an interesting side hustle. And I actually remember Flames and Riot discussing this in a former buscast too. Imagine that uh, the revenue periods would be so consuming for everyone that it would be like the main part of the game. But at the same time, the only thing that gives you a trophy in the game is winning a revenue period. The only thing it rewards is revenue, while killing is getting more and more expensive and less and less beneficial. What do you think, Flames? Yeah, so like before revenue periods, the whole community would have been using the same features, right? So the whole idea is that all it does is just score the features that are being used anyway. 
in terms of like why people wouldn't shoot each other i don't think there is only one reason for that i don't think that the only reason is because you wouldn't want to disrupt your chances of getting higher up in the leaderboard there are other things at play here things like the fact that we haven't had like a big influx of new players for a long time Mm -hmm. the community knows each other really well they've all been playing together for quite a few years there's not an awful lot of sort of new wars that are going to be provoked based on domination if we had a massive influx of 10,000 new players tomorrow sign up I think it'd be a really different story yeah that's a good point I'll be honest Flames you've just sort of opened my eyes a little bit to the fact that the leaderboard is just a tracking of the activity that people have done when it comes to the the whacking when you're looking for that incentive and there's less and less incentive to go don't necessarily change the leaderboard why is there only one that just tracks money not the activity that it's completed say TC but say we shot our sub crew right and each action that was completed as part of that gave that crew a score against the leaderboard, then crews are more likely to bin off the monetary leaderboard. We might go and have a period here where we just want to go and have a war with everyone. On Friday, I stayed up till like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning expecting TC to be shot and needing to be there <laughs> to be accurate. And nothing happened. And part of me was like, okay, nothing's happened. I'm quite happy that I've not been shot. But then on the <laughs> other hand, I was like, I just don't understand it. And that then got me thinking, why isn't it going to happen? There's people out there that will like the revenue period. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that should be taken away at all. I just think there's more opportunities to be able to get crews warring with each other. I think there's massive amounts of opportunity. And at this moment in time, it is rich in features. And I thought some of the stuff that was in the Halloween events, such as the bar and the, the lovely ladies that we, we've all been accustomed to using over the last couple <laughs> of weeks or so. But all they do is add more in-game cash. The, the thing that we still can't get our head... Well, in fact, we, I think we've got our heads around it now, which because this has come up several times. The way that we thought the crew leaderboard would work is not how it's playing out which is that we assumed that the Panose are on top. You'd want to shoot the Panose. And we covered it in loads of different podcast sessions. And the reason was that we kept hearing is because you say you shoot the Panose this period, you're screwed for the next three periods in a crew war. So how do you deal with that as a problem? But it's not it's not happening the way that we thought it would so i mean i don't know how you get that sense of competition back which is that for the crews that want to be number one they try and play really passively but why are none of the other crews fighting for that top spot that's the root issue that we need to resolve as a community the the end of Kyle whacking the whack, which is what 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 <laughs> what do we need to do in terms of gameplay so that everybody in every other crew on the stats right now is thinking how do I take out the Panose? But do you think that that's adjustments that needs to be done from staff side or from player side? That's a good question because that's where my previous comments around if we just flooded the game with new players, right? Let's just say that ten thousand people sign up tomorrow. Would they get the sense that it was the right thing to do to whack the Panose? Is it a, is it a community? issue whereby everybody knows each other and that's part of the things that puts a break on people shooting each other or is it the fact that it's like what we've seen in previous podcasts is the main root of the issue it's not worth it because i know that then for the next three periods i'm going to be really struggling so i think it's probably a little bit of both to answer this question if we want to go back to the bl of old whereby on kill release day which boggy was just talking about a minute ago we just get millions tens of millions of bullets fired at each other something in the gameplay has to change 
because I truly believe that the leaderboard is just a representation of the features that everybody's using anyway. So if, I, if, if we were to just go and speak to all the crew bosses on the stats right now, or let, let, at least the top 15, you know, people with a credible chance of winning a period in the next few periods, why wouldn't mm -hmm. they shoot the Panose now? There's, there's millions of bullets in the game. Why wouldn't you take, take down the top, the top dogs so that you can get more prizes at the end of the period? And that is the issue that we need to work out. Can I, can I answer that from a, from coming from a crew that, and, you know, I think it's publicly known that we've got no interest in winning a period and we haven't for a while. So, you know, the whole idea that we'd be worried about getting into a war in three periods time, that doesn't sort of associate to us because it doesn't bother us because we're not going to be challenging for it. The reason I'm not going to go for, away today and shoot the penos, I've got no reason to. And it does sort of come to the point that you made that sort of everyone knows each other now, the, the community's not exactly changed much. The reason I'm not going to go and shoot the penos is that there's not an incentivizing me to do so. So, do you know, you get a trophy for your leaderboard. Why is there not a trophy for most bullets shot in the round against another crew or most aggressive crew or whatever it was? Do you know, thinking back of the days, like the buzz days where there used to be awards, I think Detox got four and four for like three years on the row. Someone got, I think, is it Dalton from DI got the nicest profile? That was just, but that, that was a community-led thing. If you want, yep. if, it's, if it's about the prestige of taking down the Palose, just because you fired the most bullets, then go and do it. And, and then you can talk about it all in the forums. Nothing's changed in that respect. So I don't know. I don't think it's the leaderboard that but, but stops Flame, that happening. I'm, you know, when I, you know, when I was Gulag, right? And I, I went UG to try and find out what was going on with Devil's Advocates. I literally grinded the hardest I have played this game to shoot. And I, I failed a 96% chance and a 93% chance killed the first two kills. And I made the HD ticket about it, and it was like, you know, it, it's possible, it can happen. Shooting, the, the the way it's been changed for WAC now, I think the new, new updates where it doesn't go down is spot on. I think that's a great thing. I, I, it's something I absolutely agree with. The balance between that third bodyguard, that's where the imbalance is, is because people are just going to sit there and be able to run it for 24 hours a day. So even if I wanted to go and shoot the penos today, I'm not going to do it because the likelihood of me being able to complete the wipe is... There's no incentive for me to go and do it. It would probably take millions and millions of bullets to do because of the failed kills. Whereas when I think back to the old kill system, yes, it needed to be revamped and changed, but not on this sort of scale because the tactical side of shooting, it's not something that you can sort of plan for or control. But you, you, you did start off that by saying that you're also not competitive in terms of winning the leaderboard anyway. There are some crews that are competitive about winning the leaderboard. So specifically for those, like, well, Vio, you, you want to, TRF are, are competitive, right? Why don't you shoot the Penose? It's a combination of things. I, I like Penose. I like the guys at Penose. I think they're decent guys. But um... they're going to win the top, <laughs> they're going to win the top prize from you. Whack them. Whack them now. Uh, whack them hard. Come on, Vio. Yeah, but even if I did whack them, even if we would put, put all our resources in, it would still cost us more than we would gain from it. The only reason why we would go for winning a revenue period is the trophy, which is why I think what Boggy is saying about trophies for different different kinds of things I think for instance a Halloween trophy would be awesome benefiting kills or like giving a trophy for uh, clean crew wipes or bullets spent within a crew would be super interesting because that would bring whack back on the table yeah so t tell me this both your thoughts right if we were to zoom back one week's time if we were to just rewind time one week and we turned the kill percentage up so that there was a button for certain kill right? Guarantee you're going to whack them. And the price, the bullet price was lower because the third BG had been nerfed. Do you think TC and TRF would have been wiped? Yeah. Yeah. 
then there's your answer. Then that's 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 the if if other people were listening to this and they also agree, that's the answer to get more wax happening, right? And maybe you do this stuff about giving a trophy and the stats and the awards and the prestige that comes with the people who are the most successful shooters, right? So that's the way that you satisfy getting more kills into the game. But yeah. there is there's a balance to that, which is that we constantly get feedback that it was too easy to whack me. How do you, you know, I need some way of protecting myself. It's a very difficult balance. So we need to find that like pivot point, which is the, <laughs> and, and that's, that's the difficult thing. And, and I appreciate that they like this feedback and stuff is always like really good. And it's good to discuss these things because ultimately we are all talking about this game because we like it. Right. But it, do, it does take a while to find that nice balance point. If I look at last round when TC owned the Bullet Factory, yeah, and we have people that um, like to hold casinos, as they do, because that's a way of playing, you know, you, the gamblers out there, the, or the degenerates, as I like to call them in our crew. Um, <laughs> the reason that they, I, I'm, I'm, I'm using the term lightly, the reason that they were crying about not being able to protect themselves is that a while ago, layers were taken away. And that was a way for the crew to have the ability and the ownership to decide, protect on another layer, there's some some properties that they had in their spot, whether that be a bullet factory, casinos, or whatever it may be. So if you asked me today, should we implement layers, I would 100% say yes from a, from a play style that is normally a shooter, because I absolutely loved searching a crew structure and planning out a way to be able to get through the layers. It just made things so much interesting. The overall impression I get is that people love the layers, and I would like to ask Flames, why were they removed, and do you think they will come back? Uh, yeah, layers will um, come back in some capacity, yeah, when the um, family update is done. Oh. Um, the, the, the idea is, um, so the family update was meant to go first before uh, any changes to crimes, GTA, or bootlegging, but we decided to bring those core <laughs> features forward. Um, but somewhere in the short to medium future will be the family update. And that in itself brings about natural layers. So the gameplay is going to change quite significantly because the idea is it will be limited to, say, three families. And underneath those families, the, uh, they will be able to recruit X number of crews that go into their families. And underneath the crew level will be gangs and gangs can be either underground so they're not showing on stats at all or and so they're just groups of friends that like to play together but may not be so interested in uh, appearing on stats or they can choose to be on stats if they want to but the idea is we get this structure similar to how the mafia would operate and that's where the revenue starts to become a bit more serious because that's when the gangs who are committing uh, their normal crimes and ABs and bootlegging all that sort of stuff a cut goes to the crew and the crew uh, who take that cut they're also performing those actions and then a cut goes to the leader of the f and whereby okay. the f the families have been limited to say max three that's where we're hoping that the gameplay shifts so that there's probably groups of um you know, we've seen alliance behavior in previous rounds. Yeah. And, and that's what we would look to see, which is that maybe we would, let's say that there are six loose alliances that could pull together in BL today. They, the one of the ways that WAC would be um, more significant then is because there's only three families. So if you want one of those, if you want to have one of those sorts of alliance structures, then you're going to have to fight for it. Boggy, how do you feel about that? Sounds interesting. 
I do think that would make things a little bit more lively. Why were layers removed was an interesting question that you asked. And I think they were abused a lot because I think the way they were set up, all you had to do was get someone that was banned or whatever it was and put them in the middle layer and then you could never be wiped. Just to answer your question, Rio, they were openly exploited by people. I think the idea of that family structure is interesting. I would have loads of questions about it. I think that's an interesting conversation maybe for another day because we could probably go down a rabbit hole for that. And I think then when you've got the leaderboard, if that runs in conjunction with it, that's when you'll then get people shooting for the leaderboard because they want the capacity to have more spots or more crew crew in there. Because I'm guessing there's benefits to being a gang, there's benefits to being a crew, and there's benefits to being in the family. I think that's what's missing right now. I'm glad that I've come on to hear that's happening, Flames. We're in the short and medium future, in the very sort of hush hush that you've said that. <laughs> but I think that I think that would be a, a great sort of dynamic change for the for the game, which I think it needs. I just as a bit of a just as a bit of a short term summary, like super short term. We spoke about making shooting easier, sort of about making a guaranteed kill option, making BGs more expensive. I really wanted to break out into song when I said the word BGs then. Um, but also, um, just as like a super summary from like each of you, what would it take short term for you to shoot the Pinose? And I keep using the Pinose just because they're current leaders of the leaderboard. But if, because <laughs> I spoke that, you know, I said that TC and TRF would have been shot if we would have rewound and make those changes. Would, would, that, would that make you shoot the Pinose, Bio? Give me a better award. A better award. What reward would you want? More than I would spend to win the award. <laughs> like, I would like to go out with green numbers. But then if it's so worthwhile, they're just going to shoot back, right? Oh, but isn't that the fun part? <laughs> okay. What about you, Bucky? What would it make for you to shoot the Pinozo? I'm not interested in an award. Uh, if you ask me Pinozo specifically, I would say Pinozo would have to shoot us. It probably goes back to my previous point. We are not interested in the leaderboard. However, if the Pinots in the position that they were sitting in had the benefits of something different that I wanted, I would do it. I I, I love being at war, don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, it's actually the only time that I probably play the game. But there, there is nothing that would set me off to go and shoot someone because I don't particularly like the leaderboard as the concept within the game. So mm. to go to what Vio said, that balance is not there for the sort of output that I'm putting in. I'm not going to get it, but at the same point, I don't want that trophy. We went and proved we could do it in period five when someone sort of rattled me and said, you guys are never going to win a period. We said, right, okay, we're going to go and do it. Um, We've done that once. It's in our crew book and we're happy that we've got it once, but we're not really that interested in doing it again. You know, I think about TC back in the day when we had to play UG because people were searching for us all the time. When a shooting came up, someone would put on the game for them. Here's TC, and that's I think such, the same. That's such a weird paradox that now, <laughs> now that we're showing who is able to be the most active and that sort of stuff, we're now saying that you know now yeah, look, think... now people are not killing each other for reputation. Like I don't, I don't know. It's, there's so many elements to this that this is a really. There's just there must be like ten different reasons that are contributing to people not wanting to shoot each other right now. I don't think that goes back to what we started off discussing that the meta in the game is so split that people are playing for different reasons. People are now 
like I would say the newer players in our crew, they value uh, the revenue because that's what they came into. That's what they, for them, that's what bootleggers is. I'm, I'm agreeing. Maybe for those new players, that's all they know. Oh, yeah, exactly. And for the old school players, for Boggy and Har Har and all of those, they don't want to chase the revenue because to them, that's not what the glory of bootleggers is. And I guess that's what it all comes down to, that people are so split in their view of what bootleggers should be about. And maybe that also reflects when you, Flame, say that there are many different reasons to play and there are many different achievements, but we are a small player group and maybe we just need to focus on one thing. Maybe there should be one goal and that everything, also revenue, contributes to that. Do you not think then an interesting question is, has bootleggers lost its identity? Maybe that's a, an interesting place to stop this conversation. <laughs> Maybe we let the listeners tell us what they think. Obviously, there's a lot of interesting plans from staff. I'm sure a lot of people will be excited to hear about the family update. Yeah, I do think that will go down well. I think that's something that people have been looking for for a while. Cool. I hope it changes things because I do I do want the gameplay to be more fun. It's definitely that so much history and like killing each other and stuff. So whatever we need to do to get us to a position where people want to kill each other again, I think that's the right thing. So we need to take steps in that direction, even if it means that I resign my position and come and shoot the company and pretend that I was in TRF just to start <laughs> a war. I'm prepared to do that. It was super interesting to hear what you guys had to say. I'm very happy you joined and gave all your honest feedback. Cool. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye. Bye. And that'll wrap up our discussion on the present with a very clear and concise interview that I think answered a lot of questions for most of the player base. I don't know about you, but I'm eager to see some of the features that Flames was talking about come to fruition. Moving on to the future of bootleggers, Kelly Boy had an opportunity to speak with Strikeback and Saibi about developmental plans for bootleggers in the future, and an interview with our newest help desk operator, Cliffy. Please keep in mind that this interview did take place before Saibi was no longer a moderator. Information surrounding what happened there, I do not know. However, I have been reliably informed by the staff that it is a-okay to continue to post the interview. So I hope everyone enjoys. Without further ado, I give you Kelly Boy. Okay, guys, welcome to the Buzzcast Q&A session uh, number three. Uh, this week, we're joined by Strikeback, Saibay, um, and also listening, we've got Vio and the new help desk operator, Zenon. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good evening. Doing fine here. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Obviously, I know you're new to the Q&A in terms of the, the way I do it this round, but technically, the way I'm going to do it is... Read out a couple of questions, and at the end of the question, I'll relate it to one of you to answer, just so we don't get a bit confused. So question number one is for both of you. But firstly, we'll start off with you, Saibi. What are your thoughts on why there is a no limit on the number of crews on the stats page? Um, I kind of like it because it means that anybody can be involved in the action. It doesn't really force you to be big. It doesn't really force you to be small. You can be whoever you want to be. So, you know, if you are just a couple of friends who stumbled across the game, there's there's still a place for you. But at the same time, if you're a massive crew that's full of people that have been playing the game for a very long time, then that once again, there's a place for you too. So it's, it's very inclusive, and I'd say I kind of like that about it. There are some problems that could come from it, but maybe those could be addressed another way. Do you have any different 
thoughts on that strike back in terms of what he, what, how he's mentioned that? Actually, I uh, completely agree. I am happy. There is no cap on the crew, so everybody can join a crew. As we all know, bootleggers is like one big community and we all know each other. So if we put a stop to that, newcomers wouldn't be able to form a crew and have the same fun we have been having for years. Okay. Perfect. I wasn't pretty sure some people have some pros and cons to those answers, but we'll see we'll see how people react. Number two then, if this is just aimed directly to strike back. Are items being added back into crimes again like the last round? And if so, why were they removed at the start of this round? Well, I think when we now started the round, players kind of forget these items we had were actually last round's items and they were introduced introduced while the round was unfolding and this is all new now. So I think the round has to be played and new items or items we know will be introduced. And I generally think introducing them now would mean the economy would grow even more fast and it would ruin things pretty badly. Okay, is it is it possible then that something can be noted to state that, you know, confirming this and then also confirming what is actually available on the crimes? At the moment, we have the different kind of cigarettes and the new type of blunt that can be looted. And Kyle actually didn't tell us what items or when items would be introduced again, so we'll have to wait for that. So at the minute, it is solely just the cigarettes and the blunt that's on there for the time being? Yeah, that's correct. As far as I know, it is. Sticking with you then, Strikeback, it, it may be a similar type of answer, but people are suggesting that the rate of stealing better value cars since the reset's low. So can you confirm if that A is correct, uh, and B, if anything has changed, is it because we're going to have an overhaul of the GTA in the future? GTA is due to a serious overhaul in general, and I believe the first thing Kyle changed was actually having... Uh, when you get a better rank, you would be able to steal better cars. And we all wanted to make sure cars weren't the center of the economy anymore, like last round. So that's why things got changed a bit. So what you're saying is the first two options to steal a car before you reach Godfather are going to get you the lesser valued cars. That's correct. No, that makes sense completely. It's just a lot of people have been asking us to, I mean, for instance, some people are reaching the last mission where you've got to steal four of the cars. Obviously, I know you can purchase two, but some people have reached that mission before reaching Godfather and are kind of struggling to complete the mission. Yeah, we had some tickets on the help desk about that, why people are struggling with these final missions. And the actual answer is people are rushing to get these missions over, but they will see when they are actually ranking, they become pretty easy to do. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense now in terms of obviously reach Godfather. And so are you saying then, Godfather onwards, you're more likely to be getting the better value cars, or is it just the last option on the on the GTA page? Yeah, that's true. The last option will give you the better cars. Right, flipping across to you, Cybrig. Obviously, we mentioned at the start of the round, we know there was issues and stuff, and it's been addressed numerous times. But one question that's popped up quite a bit, and you know, some people think it's as easy as ABC, but why hasn't Kyle hired a team of developers at this point, knowing that players are unhappy, the game's behind? And these can kind of be sorted a lot quicker with just a little bit of investment. All right. So this is actually a really interesting question because part of me coming on as a developer um, is we kind of actually adopted some more, I would say, DevOpsy strategies that actually allowed for 
potentially more developers to come across later. For anybody who's in the know, one of the things that I could say without really divulging too much is before I was officially brought on as a developer, the bootlegger code literally just lived on Kyle's computer and on the web server that runs uh, the game. The, it wasn't until I was brought on as a dev, it was actually put into GitHub. And now we've actually developed a process where we use GitHub and we're both able to develop at the same time, making commits towards what's called our master branch. And then every time that we just make a pull request and merge everything across is when all of a sudden you guys get new features. Uh, this wasn't actually a common practice for Kyle um, up until I came along. And the same is said for all kinds of stuff. It wasn't until I would say maybe four or five days ago uh, that we continue to make some more changes in the background uh, that would be beneficial for any additional developers to kind of come along. And I'm sure there's people like James that will actually be able to confirm that as well. The the old way of doing things was very messy. So, so going forward, the option there is there to have more developers come along, whether that be permanently or just helping out and getting something done quickly. Yeah, we're, we're making all of these background changes that a lot of people won't see that will actually be able to facilitate more developers down the line. And uh, a, a lot of it is also kind of bringing a touch of our professional lives into a, what has always been a very personal project, right? Again, like I, I do this for a living. Uh, I actually, you know, develop and I work at a company doing this kind of stuff every day. So to bring that professional knowledge into this, this small personal project and using that to help grow in a way that's never really been done before is going to be very beneficial for like perfect perfect so sorry flicking back across the strike button we've just kind of discovered that in regards to crimes gta's and now cyber's confirmed that being an extra developer on the game is, is helping it grow will or can more things be added to the game where players can spend cash and gold whether that be new items or more in-game activities. So a lot of people now are saying the game's just back to where it was. Gold, cash, you know, you can't really do things, we can only gamble. Why can't we, we buy other things now that, that can keep the economy growing in different ways? Well, I think there is a lot of potential that is coming to the game, but unfortunately these overalls will take a bit of time. And as Kyle and we announced these, this reset will be all about implementing all these new features step by step, not as much as doing an actual reset, but just having balanced out the game again is the actual setup of this reset. And when we move along the period, all these features will fall into place and then ultimately it will make sense. And step by step, new features and stuff will be introduced and there will be more ways to spend your money and your gold on different stuff in the game. So we're saying that in the future, it's not just going to be a case of your money is just there to buy gold and then just to gamble. It's potentially going to be used for a more better in-game experience. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. And that's, I think, Kyle's vision on the game too, having more ways to actually spend money than gambling it away. Can you explain, in terms of being on the team for quite some time, that how you do work well as a team? Like, who does what? Does, does Kyle delegate roles when something needs doing or... Well, actually, Kyle doesn't delegate us at all. He likes to know when stuff is up for a change or whenever issues are rising. But essentially, we work as a team as we 
Yeah, we talk to each other on a daily basis. We talk about the game. We talk about issues. We talk about problems. We talk about player opinions. And then we have this kind of rotation system where each one of us has like a different moderating task, uh, which we all have to do. It could be like catching dupes, finding issues, doing the help desk tickets. So every link in the chain has to do its job or it will fall apart. Do you then, for example, know each other's strengths and weaknesses when something does need doing? So, you know, the chain may be broken, slight, not broken, but adapted to, to say, for example, Saibe may have to jump on now because he's more experienced in this side of the game, whereas someone else isn't. Yeah, well, we dive into some issues, and when we notice, especially in my case, the technical side or the coding side of things isn't really my speciality. So that's when I ask more experienced mods or Saibe to check into the code and assist where needed. So Saibe has just confirmed that obviously he's been a developer alongside Kyle, which has, has helped massively for the game. Can you confirm then what your strengths are on the team in terms of what, what your role is? Um, I'm the silent one. I'd like to just throw one word out. He's the detective. <laughs> yeah, as an outside opinion, one of the things I'll say is he's, he's definitely the detective. He's, he's really good at putting together a full timeline of cheaters and uh, picking them out of a crowd. This guy's insane with that stuff. Well, I suppose it's good to hear on our part, and it's uh, not so good to hear on any listeners who are listening hoping to cheat. Flicking back to you then, Cyber, sticking with the, the whole theme of kind of like job roles. Obviously, you being a developer of the game, can you tell listeners what you're currently working on now and what kind of pipeline you've got for the next few months to kind of give us a bit of a positive spin on the game? Uh, yeah, so I can't obviously say all too much about some of the things that are coming, but one of the things I will say is a lot of the work that I have right now and for the foreseeable future, I guess, say maybe in the next month, a bit longer, is all directly driven by complaints and issues that people are experiencing right now, just near, you know, post-reset. Anything that's basically recently been complained about or people are upset with, or maybe it's just broken, that's kind of what's on my plate right now. This also allows Kyle to focus on bigger things, such as working on these rewrites, working on new features, working on expanding ideas, it more so affords him that, you know, creative freedom for him to kind of just let loose in that area, that regard. I guess when it comes to some of my actual like moderator duties, I guess I'm lucky enough to not really have too many other than development. But I do also kind of act as guardian of the database. If they see something that's a bit weird, maybe they don't have an appropriate tool to look into it. I should, by all means, have plenty of uh, access to actually go and find that data they need figure out if something actually is happening, and feed that back. So can you tell us what the next thing is that's going to be dropped in the game? Ooh, mm, not too sure I can, actually. No, I may have put you on the spot there, but... Yeah, I'm trying to think, because uh, as I said, you know, a lot of what I'm working on right now is definitely in direct response to issues and problems and fixes. Uh, if we're talking about that, then I think the next thing for me to tackle was an issue with bootlegging. But as for actual features... Not sure. Uh, it's up to Kyle on that one. I think the next one that we're working on dropping is definitely the GTA rework still. Uh, so that's probably going to be what is the next uh, you know, overhaul or feature dropped. How far ahead is that in terms of like being done on your side and Kyle's side ready to drop? Uh, I have not actually seen anything of that. That is definitely a Kyle exclusive. Right, okay, perfect. And is it normal for that to be like that in terms of 
would King Kyle get something done himself 100% ready to drop or does it need to be 80% with him and then he drops it on you guys to do the remain? The typical flow is that, you know, he, well, I guess let me just reverse back and then answer a couple of other parts about that first. It's just that obviously what will happen is that I work on my own things. He works on his own things. We will always work on our own complete work. So if he's going to work on that rework, unless he absolutely needs help at some point, he just kind of goes off, does it? If I need to work on my stuff, I do the same thing. And then, you know, we meet in the middle. If it's a new feature or something that needs to be worked on, maybe it's something that needs to be tested. What we do is we put that on the dev server. We'll invite the other moderators to come in, try it out, see how they feel about it. If everything's all good, then it just gets a drop onto the uh, live server and released like normal. There's obviously a lot of work involved to, to go through each of those processes. And I believe that uh, for instance, with the Halloween event, we actually had quite a few players in our little testing group testing that event out, and that was kind of formulated off the back of me saying that we needed a refinement group so that when we do release some of these new features, we actually have a wider group of people other than just staff that could actually test it out and find different opinions on it compared to others. So are they a set group of players, or are they different each event that just randomly invited or? For the most part, it's a set group, but we are always kind of looking at the way that people think and the way that people play. For instance, you know, if, if if we find that one player reports bugs or issues more than another, then we might see them more apt to be somebody that we bring into that group because they'll actually have that analytical mindset of being able to break things down and go, okay, well, here's where your problems are. So I wouldn't say necessarily that it's a locked group, but that it's kind of hard to find many people that, that can have that mindset. The last little section, then, it's a, just a simple, quick yes or no section. Uh, I think there's only seven questions, all, all directed to you, Cybake, being obviously the developer. It's just literally yes or no. We don't have to go into any more detail. So, and you are inclined, you have to say yes or no. I don't want any ums and ahs. The, play, the players want to know. Okay, so are there any new missions on the horizon? Oh, it's so hard to reduce this to a yes or no. I will say yes, but not now. That's fine. I'm not going to ask for any timelines. It was just just yes or no. And second, is the next event Christmas? This is something that I've actually been interested in on a personal level. So yes, it is something that I have my eyes. Will we see the overall to GTA before Christmas? I would not actually be able to answer that. That one's entirely on Kyle. Will any new cities be released this round? I believe so, yes. This was a big one that came in quite a lot, but... Is the game going to the app format and it's going to be available on app stores? The end goal is to have it onto the app store, yes. Has the lag from the last round now been sorted? It has not been fixed. I am still looking at it. There are some things that we can change to address. Do you think we'll ever see a rank bar showing us progress to the next rank? Uh, highly unlikely from what I've seen. There is no real support for that feature. Quite a few yeses, quite a few noes. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your yes or no's, but it's one of those things that a lot of those questions are very hard to summarize into a, a flat yes or a flat no without just a little bit of elaboration. No, no, it's fine. I'd rather you be totally honest with us than say no or yes, and it ends up being the opposite. So, you know, saves any disappointment. Okay, finally, I don't know if he's, I hope he's still here, but Cliffy, are you, are you still with us? Yes, hello. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good. I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for those who don't know 
you buy Clifford on the user's online page, you'll probably see yourself known as, is it Xenon? Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, correct. Congratulations on being the new help desk operator. How's it feel? Looking forward to it? Yeah, well, kind of new still, so I haven't really dived into it yet, but I'm sure eventually I will. Yeah, well, what 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 are your expectations of the role and, and like, what, what do you think that, or how do you going to see yourself proven to be a pivotal part of the team? Because I know we've spoken to Vio previously on it and she obviously explains how she how she answers the questions and how she got the role, etc. Well, it, honestly, it came quite like a shock to me when, when I got the 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 question i do like to think of myself as a helpful player and and i will try to help people when they have problems that uh, are reported to the help desk or in game forum or other stuff so that's more or less what i can do right now so so are you going to find yourself potentially now you're in this role kind of like giving giving more to the game in terms of like online activity and and being in around the forums more or yeah well i i I have changed my playing style this round actually uh, into being a little bit more active on the forums and when I see someone asking for something and I have the answer I, I try to help them that's how I got help when I first joined the bootleggers many many years ago so it's my time to pay back a little bit perhaps yeah yeah I mean is it Kyle that approaches you or is it a member of the, the actual team itself or it was uh, a moderator who approached me and, and asked. Yeah. A moderator. Perfect, perfect. Well, good luck with everything. Thank you. Pretty sure myself and many others will be no doubt bombarding you with questions either personally or through the actual tickets themselves. Yeah. I will do my best to answer. Perfect, perfect. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for joining. Bit of a quick one this week, but quite a few pressing questions that um thanks Saibe for trying to give me the best yes or no answers appreciate that yeah no problem and there's always a lot of interesting exciting stuff that kind of comes through my plate instead of others but um, unfortunately it's you know sometimes just not able to really uh, release too much information no no it's it's totally fine i think it's just a case of people wanting to to kind of just hear a simple yes or no, and if you can't give us a yes or no, at least you've elaborated a little bit as to as to why, rather than not hearing anything. So, you know, it's a positive. So, yeah, so thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks for a, a good evening. And no doubt the next few questions and the next one will be a little bit more difficult. And we are aiming at some point to get Kyle on uh, to ask him some pressing questions and that, but I appreciate that maybe going into the into the new year, but we'll see. So thanks everyone for listening and have a great evening. Toodles. Cheers. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. And that'll wrap up this episode of the Bootleggers Buzzcast podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode and I want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to listen. If anyone has any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to reach out to any member of the BuzzCast team. We're always looking for some input, and will not hesitate to respond. I hope this episode finds everybody in good health, as we'll see you again in two weeks, December 1st. We hope everyone enjoys their Thanksgiving and stays safe. Until then, I'm Coasty, and I'm out of here. <laughs>